guards, no masters, only helpful advice. It's Red Dead Redemption with Auckland Union representative Justine Sachs. Morena Justine, how are you today? Morena Rachel, I'm good, thanks. Very well, thank you. What's what's uh, what's been going on? There's been a you know bit of sort of uh, texts in from the listeners in the last wee while. I guess uh, getting stuck into the weeds of employment issues. What have you got here, Zoe, for us? Uh, okay, this person says, how can you convince your workplace that remote working is legit and beneficial and should be a valid option? Um, that's a good question. I think presenting them with the evidence. Um, there's a lot of evidence now to show that remote working is um, actually makes workers more productive, which you wouldn't think, but um, is the case, especially flexible kind of working arrangements mm. that allow people to come into the office, but also potentially work from home some of the time. Um, yeah, it makes workers more productive, it seems to make them happier, and it's also a lot more equitable for, you know, um, people with children or people with disabilities and all sorts of things. So um, the evidence is there, so just present your workplace with the evidence. Um, and you'd like to think that your work is an evidence-based place <laughs> that would be responsive to that. So that would be my advice, really. Is, okay. um, more produ- but more productivity, that's the big one. Yeah, okay. Very good advice there. Uh, three years deep into the pandemic, and I can't believe we're still having to try and justify that stuff, but it's fair enough. Know. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got someone who says, Hey, Justine, I've noticed that one of my colleagues seems to be really down at the moment. I've tried talking to them, but I haven't. But they haven't seemed keen to chat. Should I mention it to my boss? In brackets, they are nice. It's good to know. Uh, because I don't really know what's going on, but it doesn't seem very normal for this person. I guess, like, the main questions I've, I would have is, um, do you think that this person is safe? Um, and sort of much less important, is it impacting their work? Because if you don't think they're safe, I do think you should talk to someone, mm-hmm. whether that's your boss or, um, you know, a helpline to get some advice or a friend, whatever it is, I do think you should talk to someone. And if it's impacting their work, I don't, um, you know, I think if you talk to your boss and, think about a supportive way you can help someone through something that's not a bad thing um but if it's none of the former uh i think you know leave it be um people that that would be my advice i think if they're not keen to talk to a co-worker um but they're safe and it's not impacting their work they might not be keen to talk to their boss either yeah um there might be um some workplaces have um counseling available workplace counseling like eap employee assistance program but there's various names for these services um and i don't know if your workplace has it but maybe that's something to look into to maybe i don't know if it will ever come up but um certainly a conversation the boss might have if um they are concerned about this person well it seems it seems like this person's on the right track by uh by you know at least being aware and and asking those questions as well so it's Good advice. What else we got here, Zoe? This person says, if I'm offered a job verbally and agree to it verbally, is that a legally binding contract? So verbal agreements can be legally binding, but they're very difficult to legally bind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you get my good right? Yeah, I do. It's difficult, it's difficult to prove. Um, but uh, I think what, what is more um, easy to prove if, if there's only been a verbal contract is if you're doing the work. So say you've started a job and you don't have a contract, but you've been working consistently for three months, um, the, the contract, is, that's a contract. So you've basically entered into a workplace 
um, into an employer and employee contract, that, um, which means you have all the rights. And basically those hours are now your hours and the rate you're being paid is now your rate of pay. Does that make sense? <laughs> that does make sense. That does make yeah. sense. Um, I would be weary of saying like, um, you know, it's, it's very difficult to sort of prove verbal agreements. So technically, yes, they can be, but what is more easy, what is more easy to prove is if you've been doing the job, yeah. even if you don't have a contract. Yeah, and we, we've had quite a few questions of that vein come through over the last couple of years with uh, people's workplaces yeah. changing the nature of how their work happens because of COVID. So, yeah, that's probably one that I'm sure is is relevant to quite a few people out there, whether they realise it or not. So good to think about. Uh, this is another one that definitely we get come through around this time of year. Uh, someone's just texted in to ask, uh, my workplace closes down for two weeks over Christmas. I've been told I need to take that break out of my annual leave. Is this right? Uh, unfortunately, um, potentially, um, yes, I have to do that as well. Um, it's called directed leave. So your, your employer can direct you to take leave. Um, but it has to be a reasonable direction and there has to be a genuine business reason. So some um, places will shut down over the holidays um, because there's not, there's not business over that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and so that's a genuine business reason where they can direct people to take leave. Um, but if there is work to do, there should, you know, employers should be able to offer some flexibility because it is, you know, it can be a very inconvenient time to be directed to take leave because, for instance, if you're wanting to travel in the middle of the year, at times when traveling isn't quite so exorbitantly expensive, <laughs> um, you know, like having to take all your leave over like the holiday period can be really cumbersome, right? So, so the answer is yes, you can be directed to take leave if there's a genuine business reason, and it potentially might be in, in these cases. Um, but if there is work, your employer should be offering it to people who don't want to take leave because it is cumbersome being directed to take leave over that period if you want to travel or do other stuff here. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay, we've got one last one here. What, are the, what have we got here, Zoe? Okay, this person says, Hey, Justine, my work isn't unionised. I'm having issues with a colleague being slack. I'm picking up heaps of their work. Should I talk to HR? What does HR actually do? I'm in a union myself, but not sure how to best use it. So, to be honest, I have to start with asking something of the questioner back, which is, have you talked to your colleague? Because I do think that should be the first step if, um, you know, just in any kind of relationship issue, workplace relationship issue, even though it's probably the scariest thing to do, right? Mm. Which is having a frank conversation with a colleague. Um, But at the end of the day, like when people slack off and leave others to do their work, that is like really anti-solidarity kind of behavior right it's if you're letting your colleagues down and you're you're not you know you're not fighting the man by doing this you're 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 creating you're making that difficult for your colleagues right and i think often a conversation with your colleagues where they raise the impact that that might have on them could be the best way of getting someone to not do that right yeah so just putting that out there i know that that can be really confronting and conflict is scary but um, I do think that should be the first port of call is just having a conversation with your colleague because you are in it together, yeah. even if they don't seem to <laughs> recognize that. Um, yeah, and if that doesn't work, um, you know, then, then you would go to HR. Like, to be honest, like, HR is always something that I would go to only after I've tried to resolve, if you, you know, tried to resolve that mm. um, at a one-to-one basis or even, you know, I would recommend calling a union. Um, 
HR is not really anybody's friend. They are called human resources. <laughs> what is HR? They are there to manage the human resources, which, by the way, that's you. You're, you're the human resources. So um, they're, here, they're there really just to protect the company, their liability, to make sure that everything's kind of, you know, legally ticking all the boxes. Um, they can be helpful in, situa in cases like this, um, potentially, but I would use it as like a, a last resort. Um, if you're in a union, I would say call your union. They'll be able to give you um, advice. Um, if you if you have a union delegate, that's even better because a union delegate might be able to talk to your coworker before you go to HR. But you know, if none of that works, you you don't have a choice, right? Um, I would say you you know then you can justifiably go to HR because it is impacting you and you shouldn't have to put up with that. Does that yeah, make yeah, totally. Very good advice there. Always go for the solidarity first. Hard out. Thank you, Justine. <laughs> uh, always great to have you on the show. We'll talk to you again in a fortnight. Take care. Get up, bye. Yeah, take that, the man. Red Dead Redemption with Auckland Union Representative Justine Sachs. Thank you very much.